chapter thirteen of lincoln the lawyer this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. lincoln the lawyer by frederick trevor hill chapter thirteen judge logan and lincoln the terms of lincoln's partnership with judge logan are not known but it may reasonably be inferred that the junior member of the firm received only a small percentage of the fees for the business was almost entirely logan's and he was not by nature over generous indeed he had quarrelled with his former partner the brilliant orator edward dickinson baker on monetary matters and it is probable that there were few members of the bar who would have been as tractable as lincoln on the question of compensation certainly his style of living at that period indicated a very slender revenue considering the standing of the firm for even after his marriage with miss mary todd in november eighteen hundred and forty two he and his wife were not able to keep house but lived at the globe tavern where their room and board cost only four dollars a week and still later in the partnership he wrote that he could not accept an invitation to visit kentucky because he was so poor and made so little headway that he dropped back in a month of idleness as much as he gained in a year's sewing during all this time however the practice of the firm was steadily increasing and logan was becoming rich so it is fair to assume that lincoln was not receiving the lion's share of the profits it would have been surprising if business had not been prosperous for the partners worked together in entire harmony and springfield was at that time the centre of all things legal in illinois not only were the united states courts located there but the county court the circuit court and the supreme court the tribunal of last resort and the state legislature likewise held their sessions in the city and the indications are that the firm reaped a rich harvest from all these fields of legal endeavor success in the courts is not an infallible criterion of legal ability but it is an interesting fact that lincoln argued no less than fourteen appeals before the supreme court at the december term of eighteen hundred and forty one and succeeded in all of them but four a record which was not surpassed even by logan himself and between them the partners well nigh monopolized that court at the terms of eighteen hundred and forty two to three in that period they argued twenty-four final appeals and won all of them but seven a fact which not only indicates the extent of their practice but affords a fair inference of their success in other courts under the circumstances it is not surprising that lincoln gave little attention to politics during his partnership with logan though he did not altogether withdraw from public life 
the mention of his name for the governorship in eighteen hundred and forty one had been serious enough to call for a semi-official declination but there was no organized effort made to induce him to accept the nomination and the subject was dropped despite his close attention to business he was nevertheless more or less active in the councils of the whig party during the first two years of his association with logan and in eighteen hundred and forty three he became chairman of the local convention drew the political platform and otherwise manifested keen interest in party matters at the same time becoming an active candidate for the congressional nomination his most formidable rival for this honor was baker logan's former partner but neither man was strong enough to carry the convention and john j hardin another prominent member of the bar was named and elected the following year baker and lincoln were again mentioned for the same office but lincoln refused to contest the place with his friend and fellow-member of the bar who had long set his heart upon obtaining the prize and to whom defeat would have brought great bitterness indeed baker's political ambitions were almost boundless and in after years judge davis used to tell a story about him to the effect that when he first read the constitution of the united states and discovered that no one but a native american could be president he burst into tears bewailing the fact that he was ineligible having been born in england largely as a result of lincoln's withdrawal baker received the coveted nomination and was subsequently elected to congress afterward becoming the leader of the california bar and united states senator from oregon there was certainly a strange fatality about these early congressional contests for each of the three friendly competitors died for his country in the order of his election hardin gallantly leading his troops in a charge at the battle of buena vista in the mexican war baker while commanding his regiment at the disastrous battle of ball's bluff in eighteen hundred and sixty one and lincoln at the head of the nation there is reason to suppose that logan knowing his partner's deficiencies in the law originally intended to utilize his talents as a jury advocate but after lincoln began to study in earnest he developed other qualities which made him quite as effective with the court as he was with the jury and the two men were thereafter constantly together in all sorts of legal work he would study out his case and make about as much of it as any one logan remarked speaking of his partner many years afterward his ambition as a lawyer increased he grew constantly by close study of each case as it came up he got to be quite a formidable lawyer it has been stated that under logan's tutelage lincoln became a case lawyer but this is not true if a case lawyer be one who has at his tongue's end all the precedents affecting any given state of facts and who is lost unless his legal trail is plainly blazed but if the term describes one who makes no excursions into the field of general legal knowledge and is not concerned with its theories and philosophy then lincoln may properly be described as a case lawyer 
he met each problem as it presented itself attempting to do only one thing at a time concentrating the whole power of his mind upon the subject in hand until he mastered it and never forgetting any item of information when once acquired his mind he remarked was like a piece of steel very hard to scratch but almost impossible to free of any mark once made upon it he did not trouble himself to analyze the subtleties and labored profundities of the law and never made the slightest pretense to academic knowledge for real scholarship he had of course a profound respect but the pseudo-learning often displayed in the courts only amused him on one occasion a lawyer against whom he was practising quoted a latin maxim and then either to impress his hearers or to embarrass his adversary added is not that so mr lincoln if that is latin lincoln responded dryly i think you had better call another witness while logan and lincoln were practising together certain changes were made in the judiciary and among the new judges elected by the legislature was stephen arnold douglas then in his twenty-eighth year judge douglas presided over the fifth circuit and lincoln's practice was almost entirely in the eighth but in those days the circuit judges as a body formed the supreme appellate court and lincoln must have argued many cases before his future rival for senatorial and presidential honors and in one case grubb v crane douglas delivered the prevailing opinion of the court in lincoln's favor the exact date of the dissolution of logan and lincoln's partnership is not clear but their names appear together in the case of rogers v dickey argued in november eighteen hundred and forty three and they were opposed to each other in kelly v garrett in march eighteen hundred and forty four so the separation must have taken place some time between these two dates mr herndon says that political rivalry was at the bottom of the dissolution and hints that logan desired the nomination for congress which eventually went to lincoln this may have been so but it is difficult to see how lincoln's nomination in eighteen hundred and forty six could have caused the partners to separate in eighteen hundred and forty four and the fact is that logan himself made the speech which nominated his ex-partner for congress fought hard to make him united states senator from illinois and remained his warm friend and supporter as long as he lived the real cause of the dissolution of the firm is to be found in the character and temperament of the two men lincoln was naturally independent and he outgrew the guidance of his preceptor he was a born leader and not a subordinate and it was against his nature to remain in a position of dependence any longer than was necessary therefore the moment he felt strong enough he started out for himself it is however impossible to overestimate the influence which logan exerted upon his associate he laid the foundations upon which lincoln built his legal career and there was no other lawyer in illinois who could have given him anything like the same incentive and training indeed there is no legal reputation in this state to-day which is more secure than logan's and time has only confirmed the judgment of his peers 
the hon david davis after ten years experience as circuit judge and fifteen years service on the bench of the supreme court of the united states declared that he was the ablest lawyer he had ever met and his opinion justifies the conclusion that lincoln and his second partnership came into touch with one of the most extraordinary legal minds in the country End of chapter thirteen